Spotify, on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you so much. And Resistance Radio is starting right now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We have an exciting uh, Resistance Radio. Uh, and my co-host is the lovely Miss Kim Ford. And we are going to be starting right now. When machines and computers, profit motives and property rights are considered more important than people, the giant triplets of racism, extreme materialism, and militarism are incapable of being conquered. George Bush doesn't care about black people. They have a Black History Month, but we don't have a White History Month. Well, all we've ever been taught is white history. If it was not for the love and respect shown to me by black women, those right-wing, ultra-conservative, alt-right haters, they would have me believe I'm too black, I'm too confrontational, I'm too tough, and I'm too disrespectful of them. But now, I know I'm simply a strong black woman. We're in a time where corporations are treated like people and people are treated like things. They promote legislation that attacks voting rights, the poor, LGBT citizens, the immigrant community, and civil rights that are lewd, mean-spirited, and fundamentally contrary to what our democracy is supposed to be about. What is bad is not what they are doing what would be bad is for us not to fight back hey ho let's go this is 102.3 whiv my name is mark calendar you are listening to resistance radio did you know that whiv 102.3 has been broadcasting for five years can you believe that i can't i when we first came up with whiv i couldn't even believe we would be open for five days let alone for five years we're able to honor independent community voices with your support t-shirts hoodies fanny packs and more make for great gifts. So please treat yourselves. Uh, I mean, there's even a handwritten note here that says there's knit caps available too. So go to whivfm.org and click store. That's whivfm.org. We are not a radio station with a mission. We are a mission with a radio station and all wars. Also, let me just read. At WHIV proudly presents FNO, uh, which is also known as Film New Orleans. We are accepting submissions for the Health and Justice Film Festival that will occur from May 29th to the 31st at the Broad Theater. We aim to generate discussion and mobilize audiences around health and justice through impactful films and moderated panels. Do you have a film to submit? Do you want to get involved? We are looking for sponsors, partners, and volunteers. Submission and event information is available on our website at f-no.org. That's f-no.org. 
It is a pleasure and honor to have one of my favorite people in the world yeah. on here uh, co-hosting with me uh, on Resistance Radio. And, of course, that's the lovely Miss Kim Ford. You can find Kim's work available at uh, whivfm.org. Uh, she is a, uh, a contributor and a DJ on WHIV and her show, uh, Tree Shakers, runs uh, from 2 to 4 o'clock on Fridays. And boy, oh, boy, uh, does she shake trees when she yeah. says a tree shaker. Yeah. When she is on air, I start getting phone calls and, and think. Really? I told you about the one time. When yeah, I, yeah. Uh, you were talking yeah. and I was starting getting phone calls and uh, yeah. uh, and uh, local politicians respond to Miss Kim when she shows up. So it's a pleasure yeah. to have you on board. Yeah, because I, I represent a voting block. Yeah. People all across the city, Louisiana and throughout the country are listening to the grassroots movement here in New Orleans. We are at a peak time right now because New Orleans is really ground zero for lots of issues. Right. So that's why. And so, yeah, we can no longer afford to have politicians who are not engaged and who are not aware of what social justice is, what human rights is, and what community participation is. Yeah. We can't have we can no longer have elected officials right. like that. And and I you will know. say that there is a greater awareness uh, about that. And you see that more in cities, but it seems like, you know, we still keep, you know, in northern Louisiana. I mean, look how close we were to bringing in funny baloney uh macaroni Rasponi. I mean, oh, there was yeah. I know, was that kind of scary <laughs> or what, right? I mean, <laughs> like it was so we were so so close into bringing, uh, you know, like the rest of the the rest of Louisiana was okay with that, and so, you know, it almost seems as though we've made great gains in the cities, but we just can't seem to make some of those gains. Um, in in you know, I mean, you still have you know, uh, at least a third to forty percent of this country still think that Trump is the man, and no matter what he says and does, uh, you know, there there will always be these folks that just don't quite see it like you and I do. I know it's so sad, it's so scary, and I tell you, uh, yesterday after the Super Bowl, when I saw all these, we call that the woo woo when somebody when a politician is running for office, especially when a, an experienced politician, one who's already in office and he's seeking reelection, we call that the woo woo period when they're getting ready to when the camp you know the hardcore campaigning is getting ready to start, and they try to post themselves up to be like they're something that they just have not been right. throughout their tenure. Like a man of the people. Right. So that's what I say. People. So this is the woo-woo. So clearly he threw the woo-woo gauntlet after the Super Bowl. And what better time is that to have the whole country's uh, people who are not aware of what real issues are right. watching football games like that's really a big thing to do. And that's right. the only thing they can do as far as uh, political engagement right. he uses he capitalizes on that audience all yeah, the folks yeah. wait to see uh what was that show that comes on with uh nick cannon with the uh <laughs> with the face with the mask on it uh oh, the mask singer yeah like yeah. everybody's waiting to see the mask singer man and then we get hit with a bombard of oh, uh donald trump commercials, trump commercials? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like, really? well, the funny the funny thing about last night though uh, about trump was you know kansas city's in the great state of missouri Right, but did you see that Trump put out a a tweet 
that he quickly took down uh, that said, uh, you know, congratulations to the great state of Kansas uh, and the great people in the state of Kansas for winning an amazing uh, football game. Uh, Kansas represents the rest of America. Whatever. It was just dribbles what it was. But, of yeah. course, that our president can't even recognize or understand uh, that uh, Kansas City's actually in Missouri and not actually in the state of Kansas. Yeah. <sighs> Dweeb. That dude, that dude, some of the things he comes off with. I, and, and then people still call him intelligent, too. You know, a lot of people still refer to him cognitive, as being intelligent. Cognitive dissonance is what that is. <laughs> um, all right, so we have a couple things we're going to talk about today. Um, I know some of the things uh, we were going to talk about, I was going to help kind of break down a little bit of this uh, novel coronavirus. Uh, oh. And then we we're going to talk about a bit about the Iowa caucuses. In fact, let's start with the Iowa caucuses first, and then we'll go to the coronavirus because we're talking about politics. And then we're going to talk about some of the topics that you had mentioned about some of the local judges yeah. and local politicians. And then we're going to close up the hour talking about this amazing book that I read uh, that was just recently made into a movie called Just Mercy. Okay. Um, and uh, and I think we're going we're gonna to find ourselves at the hour with that does that sound good that sounds ooh, that sounds hot button baby so uh <laughs> in terms of the iowa caucuses uh i'm gonna quickly peek at my computer uh to see if there's any updates but usually we don't you're not going to start seeing any of those updates uh um uh, but uh i know that you know going into the iowa caucuses it, the caucuses are a really interesting thing i mean you know how they work right i mean basically you have Lots of people all over the state that are meeting in different places. They'll meet in churches and schools and public spaces like a radio station or whatever. Mm-hmm. And each candidate will have its own little like uh, corner and people will kind of gather into that corner. Uh, and then what happens is that so like you'll have like, you know, a Sanders corner and then a Warren corner and you'll have a section that's a Buttigieg section and then a Tom mm-hmm. Steyer section and then a Joe Biden and Amy Klobuchar section. And what happens is that if people are not like all clustered into one area. So you would have like, okay, well, everyone is clustered into the Klobuchar. Uh, laugh with me, right? <laughs> she doesn't make even 5%, right? Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Tom Steyer, uh, again, uh, you know, not even making 5%. But Bloomberg is at 10% because of all the money. Uh, do you see the yeah. Bloomberg commercials that were on during the Super Bowl? Yes, I did. Uh, last yes, night did. as well. And those uh-huh. are those commercials at 30-second spots were $5 million, $5.2 million. Here's each, a each. each. Here's a guy who's willing to spend um, 250 million, if not more, on on that uh, on his campaign. I think that it's it would cost something like 20 million dollars uh, or 25 million dollars to fix the pipes in Flint. Just to give you an idea of how the uh, oligarchs and the and the one percent exists in our society. And uh, and how people in Flint are still not with drinking yeah. water, but that's yeah. neither, that's yeah. neither here nor there. So so what happens is then is that these caucuses then is that people then go around and start talking to other people about why their candidate is the preferred candidate. And so there's a lot of so the caucuses are kind of interesting because it forces people to kind of merge together and, and, and be a community. And so let's say you were a Warren person and I was a Buttigieg person. You and I would sit down and talk about the benefits of, of one candidate over the other. But the thing with those caucuses is, is that you're going in there with an open mind and willing to be swayed. Does, does that make sense? And so wow. that's how these caucuses essentially, essentially work. Is, is that your understanding of them as well? or? 
Well, I really wasn't aware of uh-huh. exactly what the how, exactly how it worked. Right. I just know, you know, that that, it, that we even knew how that it was a set regimen. Right. How each one works is right. I just didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm so thankful. First of all, that not only. I'm getting the education, but so is my, right. uh, so are my followers right. on Facebook. Yeah. For those who don't know, Hello. cause I got you on Facebook oh, live too. <laughs> because we, I want people, I'm always about people being informed sure. and knowing how things happen because I, I haven't, I didn't see that commercial on TV that said how the caucuses actually work. I only know that what I know is that they go and this is where people in a community can come and do one on ones and, that's what I thought they did. Sure. Came and did one on ones with the candidates and talked about the issues and, you know, just kind of sat around and just went and visited with just, just, I guess it's kind of right. like the same well, thing. If you, think you know, about it, the other thing too is that the candidates can't even be there right now. They weren't there. They weren't there all of last week and they weren't, they're not going to be here there today either because they're all stuck in the Senate or at least the senatorial candidates. Right. They're all, right. right. Yeah, so right. you've got Klobuchar and you've got, uh, Warren, uh, and Sanders and, uh, I guess Cory Booker's not in anymore. So they, I guess you would have the other candidates like Buttigieg, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, Steyer and Bloomberg, uh, Sit, uh, and Biden probably yeah. as well. Biden is a congressman. No, 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 no. Biden. He'd be he'd be caucusing, or okay. he'd be he'd be in Iowa. He was in yeah. Iowa this weekend. Okay. Whereas uh, the three Klobuchar and Sanders and Warren have been stuck uh, yeah. in DC uh, with the uh, senatorial uh, uh, impeachment, impeachment trials of uh-huh. uh, of, uh, of the president. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, we already hear how that's going, so, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, like, it's. They, they, they will. The, the one thing that I take solace in in knowing is that future generations are going to look back at that at that trial and just and laugh at it. And and Mitch um, uh, McConnell. Mitch McConnell is will forever be uh, uh, tagged with supporting a, a cover up because you know that this stuff is going to come out eventually. Uh, John and it's going to look so bad it's on gonna, our country. Gonna, I'm so embarrassed. Already, it already has. Um, yeah, it, it, I'm so embarrassed that my state leadership, uh, is, our state leaders are performing in a manner that does not include their communities as a whole that yeah i mean but i think that that's been that's happened over that's been over the last 20 or 30 years yes i mean all of our state um you know minus uh, shedrick you know everybody else uh in the Mm -hmm. uh the rest of the congress people in the state and our two senators of course are doing everything they can to back up this president uh, whereas you know that is certainly not representative of of the whole state certainly not baton rouge and certainly not uh, New Orleans. And so myself, I think about the fact that I'm not just going to uh, complain about it. I'm going to be intentional about seeking change. So right now we are talking with uh, potential candidates to take Cassidy out of office. Oh, because that's, that's right here music, in my community. Music to my ears. It's right here in my community. And it's going to be a very aggressive aggressive boots on the ground don't care how much money you got oh, campaign yeah, you can, you cannot be reelected regardless of right. how much money you have and that's what it's going to take because the only thing that can stop uh a stop a leadership that's not serving in your best interest 
is citizens who decide that enough is enough. That's yeah. the only thing that can stop that. Yeah. That's the only thing that can stop corruption. That's the only thing that can stop political corruption are good people. Yeah. You know, yeah, like-minded yeah. people working together to say, you know, enough is enough. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we, we having those conversations right now. And I'm, I'm very saddened by, uh, even to see, uh, it's like, Oh, it's just so much. It's just so much in, in politics right now. Now, I don't know if it's because now I'm a, more aware than I was at any other time in my life. I'm more aware about how, uh, political corruption works, how it, how it negatively affects the community because I'm, I'm actually, I consider myself to be on the front line. So now I see, especially with this woo thing, you know, right, it's right. like, come on now. And then, we i also am under, i'm also understanding the uh how when you have when you and like you and your my husband and i we we both if we if i vote for one candidate and he votes for another candidate we canceling out each other's votes right so i i want to be aware of that so i want the people in my community to be aware of that so that we can be in, be be uh steadfast and seeking like issues and supporting them and working to get that message out so we can be collective and we can be informed. Yeah, it's like I you think said, that's what we got to To be intentional. Yes. If yes, you're tuned yes. in, you are listening to 102.3 WHIV. This is Resistance Radio. My name is Mark Allendary. I have with me today the very lovely uh, Miss Kim oh, Ford, one of my favorite me. people in the world. You can listen to her show here on WHIV at uh, uh, Tree Shakers uh, oh, on Fridays, Fridays from 2 to 4. Yeah. So uh, before we move on from the uh, caucuses, let me just ask you this. Do you have a candidate that you've had your eye on? And before you answer let me just say that all the opinions expressed here on whiv are those that belong to myself uh, mark allen Derry, as well as miss kim ford they do not belong to the uh NOCEDA, which is the nonprofit organization that holds a license for whiv nor uh, do they speak on behalf of any of the uh, board members for whiv now see i need that in writing too <laughs> <laughs> i need that in writing i need to say that at the beginning right every half an hour on my show i need to say that right yeah i just gotta get i've been you can help me bug shannon to write this stuff because right shannon's, shannon got, is shannon's so got great writing so and yeah. i've been trying to get her she's got skills she's got skills she so can put that up on right to Look write this, this stuff this beautiful canvas i know that shares it. i know and then also we would write it right there like one or two you're listening to 102.3 wh every community radio today Katie Human Rights Social Justice yes. so it'll all be written there but anyway yeah. next time you see so, Shannon you can yeah, uh, and I see put her on Fridays yeah and Shannon Shannon's show comes on right before mine yeah. and I think it was just a gift from the creator that I get to share the studio <laughs> with her oh my gosh every Friday <laughs> She helps me to get on point. I help her to get on point because the alarm is off when she comes in. The yeah. studio is ready for her. The chair is turned right. sideways. Oh, okay. And then she makes that smooth thread. Because, you awesome. know, at first I was having issues with being able to transition. Right, right, right. Now it's not a it's problem good, anymore, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. But, but, so, the, but the caucuses. Yes. Do you have an eye on a candidate? Let me tell you. I went to see. I'm going to make this short. Went to the Essence Festival last year, and Michelle Obama was there. And I have a long history with the Essence Festival. I've been going long since long, long since it first started out. And uh, Michelle Obama. You don't was look there. that old. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> so Michelle Obama was there, which is really yes. it was historic because was we've never deal. had uh, we've never had like a, a interview on stage. We've always had 
performing, singing, music uh, performers. But Michelle Obama was the first one to ever just come and sit down and have a conversation. And it was phenomenal in the Superdome. Because you know how you go to the, you see these um, faith-based shows where they have these mega churches and they have everybody just sitting in the office all in line, sitting in the audience all in line, not turning their head. Well, that's how it was for Michelle Obama. Right. It was like a hush came over the audience. Sure. Never had happened before. It blew my mind, blew right. me away. And we were, everybody, the whole audience was on every word that she right, had to say. Right. But, and so it was just like a historic moment, right? She made news. She actually started talking a bit about Doc Griggs. I don't, do you know Eric Griggs? He's no. a local doctor here. He's on, he's on WHIV. He's got a, a, a thing called Get Check, Get Fit, Get Moving. And in the interview, it came up and how important it was. And they quoted yeah. Get Check, Get Fit, Get Moving and, and how yeah. important it is for the community to get out there. So yeah, that was, that. for us, we played that show uh, <laughs> on Tuesday yeah. morning, Doc Griggs and I do a show yeah. and we played it over and over again. Yeah, because because that Michelle Obama is the truth. She's of the truth, of course. And so she she really brought home not just that, but just so many issues that are of importance. And so Gail asked her who were she and Barack going to be supporting the president. She says what well, he asked her was she outright was she going to be supporting Joe Biden? And she was like, no way. She said we're going to support the Democratic candidate. Whatever, whatever rises up to the top, that's who we're going to support. And I adopted that philosophy also because, you know, we can go through this and I can go through this and have my little one person standoff about who I'm supporting, this, that, and the other. But in, in the end, when it all comes down to it, I'm going to support the Democratic candidate. I'm pretty sure unless there's some fire independent that comes along and just woos me away yeah yeah Yeah. but i'm really i'm really flexible on that right now even if it's bloomberg even if it's joe biden or whatever because as long as donald trump is going to be representing the republican party i know that i will not be uh supporting the republican candidate yeah that's what i can be sure about good well i uh that that to me makes a a ton of sense and (laughs) uh, and appreciate that what about you I you know I listen I again the the uh, um, the opinions stated here are those of, uh, yeah. of mine and mine only but I I've been a huge supporter of, uh, of Bernie Sanders yeah from, I like Bernie Sanders from the get go yeah and, I like him um, I like I him I think his his policies resonate the most with with mine which is that of um, of helping to kind of break down the oligarchy that exists uh, and to uh, you know do simple things like I don't know make make, make healthcare free for all right yes and, I love and, that and I start, love that and stop putting profits mm-hmm. uh, you know mm-hmm. right when you came on board I was talking with Dr. Chris Garnett and he was talking about the co-pays associated with sexually transmitted infections there are no co-pays in Medicare for all there is no money associated I with, know, with right? Medicare for all and it was really funny you know uh, Michael Moore the film Maker did this uh, movie called uh, what is this? It was called Sicko, and he was showing hospitals in Europe and trying to find their cash registers or the people that you pay to at the hospital on the way out. And it just didn't exist because the rest of the country looks to us and they think that we, you know, somebody like Bernie Sanders. In the rest of the world, he would not even be considered a leftist in right. the, in the politics of right. the rest of the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, He's considered mm-hmm. a leftist, a, a radical leftist here in in, in the United okay. States, because because the, the country, the political system is so shifted to the right. And here was an interesting statistic that you'll appreciate. I heard last week that um, that the number of uh, the percentage of people in the United States that are white men. The percentage of people in the United States that are white men are 30%. 
That's it. 30% of the country. Think about it. There's more women than there are men, so it's definitely under 50%. Mm. And when you add in uh, communities of color, uh, mm-hmm. black and brown, uh, and then Asian, you're looking at basically 30%. But it seems like it's more because there's more imagery of white men on TV and in movies. Yes. And, and on the news. And on the news and yeah. in the media or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, it, but the number of, polit- of politicians that are white men is 60%. Wow. And of course, they're going to continue to propagate or create policies that are going to help propagate their, their, their self-interest. Their, their issues, right. yes. Now, Bernie Sanders isn't that person, and that's why he scares people. know, And that's right? why he scares people. And the mm-hmm. reason why he scares people is because he's going to, he's committed to giving the power back to the people. And right now, yes. corporations, like you were saying, who... Um, uh, who have been corrupt in, in paying politicians uh, yep. uh, their campaign donations yes. uh, that they are scared because, you know, right, you know, I think I also read just recently that um, I think that, you know, Chris, he was talking about how the CDC uh, is funding has been cut. But I think that um, that 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 well, one of the things that I was actually going to ask you about, too, was did you read the article last week that how um, Trump is going to be shifting Medicaid into block grants? And now the Congress is going to actually actually respond to that and force the Senate to vote on it. But the way that block grants work in a state is that um, if you're taking Medicaid money, it comes with very strict guidelines as as to how that money can be spent. If you're getting a block grant from the feds, so if you're the state government and you're getting a block grant, those um, uh, regulations on how that money is to be spent are completely loosened. And in fact, what happens at that point is that the state can then create their own regulations as to how Medicaid would be distributed. And Mm -hmm. if money now, if there's a shortfall and uh, they want to use money to build roads or to do this, that, or whatever, you can take from Medicaid and spend it somewhere else. And so essentially what they're trying to do is just another GOP way of being able to destroy the Medicaid system. And then, of course, after they destroy it, you know what they're going to do. They're going to point to it and then they're going to be like, look, it's broken it never worked in the first place government should be out of medicine uh and so to me a lot of what bernie sanders represents is that step away from business as usual and really turning around and giving power back to the people i like that so well if we were in a caucus if we were in a caucus i would you would i would definitely walk away support supporting uh i would definitely a, walk away with bernie supporting sanders. bernie yeah. yeah but you know i i have been um I have been uniquely connected to him and his policies for a very long time when he ran the first time, you know, so I definitely have love for right. him. And I'm hoping that he I'm hoping that he can do well and come up in the primary and and walk away victorious. I, I certainly hope so. My my concern is that the Dem- the DNC, I don't know if you saw this, but the, 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 DNC. the DNC last week. Um, the the guy who runs the DNC, it's uh, something Perez. Um, he uh, um, put he's starting to staff the DNC positions uh, that uh, will be in charge of the rules makings for after the primaries uh, are done, uh, as to how the candidate is to kind of interact. Uh, and campaign essentially, uh, and these were all uh, people that are all come from industry, 
Um, they have uh, anti-Medicare for all policies. There are a lot of folks that are throwovers from the Clinton campaign, which doesn't make sense at all because all of those policies didn't work when Clinton actually ran with those policies. In mm-hmm. fact, they failed pretty spectacularly. Yes. And so, I mean, this is my plea now for, uh, you know, something that I've been talking about for years, and that is that we need another political party. Yeah. I don't think that we should be caucusing or we should be uh, engaging with the Democratic Party at all. The Democrats do not care. I'm so about, disappointed. They do not care about progressives whatsoever. They 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 cower to Republicans and they fight they like do. lions to the progressives. They do. And I have seen such uh, deplorable behavior. Yes. from the DNC in the state of Louisiana alone. That I just even even when I because I did some time registering voters for Barack Obama when he ran the first time. I uh, was able to register. Yeah, I was able to register, I think, something like 50,000 new voters in the Commonwealth Goodness. of Virginia. And in Virginia? Yeah. Oh, you weren't in Louisiana. You well, you know, to- that was right after Katrina, and I live in the Lower Night one, so I really wasn't able to come home, and I was going through all of that kind of stuff. But then I was. I got an opportunity to uh, work as a uh, an organizer. In the Obama campaign, and I was a what they call it, an, an Obama fellow. So they had fellows just all across the country, in every state, in every area, every district, and we had these these crazy phone calls every night, right? <laughs> well, that was the thing. But anyway, that's that's how I I really realized. And then we had to do some work with the DNC, and the DNC was responsible for making sure that we had, which I I had the I I was uh, hosted by a family that had over exceeded their contributions to the campaign. So what they did was sponsor me. Got it. So that was their way of being able to support. Yeah. Being able to support the campaign. Right. Right. So, you know, and I, I really learned a lot, but the DNC really, I I just got no help from them while, while trying to do that work. And that was my first experience with them. And then here, you know, after I'm coming home and I'm doing advocacy work here, I, I realized that the DNC, we had a black man who was running for state treasurer who was very, uh, uh, qualified, but, and a, and a Republican, and a, and a Democrat, but our DNC chaired by, by Karen Carter Peterson and Wesley Bishop at the time, I think, supported the Republic, his Republican, uh, here in Louisiana. Yeah. So that was like, what the, hell, what, the what? But yeah. that's, that's the thing that, that really happened. Is it, was he a progressive? This, the guy who's running no. for the treasurer? Who was running for the, the Republican? No, no he no, was no, not. No, 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 The Democrat. The Democrat, yeah. He was, he was a progressive, yes. right? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. That the, you just, you exactly illustrated so, the point that I'm making is that they will cower to, to Republicans. A, that's right. And, and they, they think will that fight, that's, they will fight like the Dickens against the progressives. That's right. And that I see across the state legislature as well. They are willing to just cower. But I mean, three of us went to the state legislature, straight to the house on the floor, three of us, and was able to overturn a Republican vote. Matter of fact, the chair of the house was a Republican and he took a moment to come and hear our voice long after the Democrats had said, Oh no, 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 they're never going to do it. They're never going to do right, it. Right. Right. So when was that? This was last session. Oh, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I wish it they, was historic. I wish they did better with some of the other, uh, 
some of the stuff that like Duplessis was trying to push through with the uh, um, the bill to uh, what was it? It was the bill to uh, so that New Orleans would be able to do their own come up with their own um, uh, uh, minimum wage. Uh, do, do you remember that bill? When, uh, yeah, yeah. So I that can't... was that was such a before last that we were up there. But, oh, got it, got it. So, got it. but but yeah, it's it's. Uh, those are it's things like that preemption it was the preemption and, and so if the people in our state don't come together and start working so this session we're going to be doing a lot of things about having like having seniors go up to baton rouge just spend a day and just to do some walkthroughs and see what actually goes on there and how that happens and being able to meet and talk with the people who actually write the legislation sure. They, we're going to yeah. start doing different things and we're going to start bringing our kids up there. We, we, we want to have Good. opportunities like that. So, and we need, cause we need to be involved on that state legislative floor. Yeah, yeah you're right. You know, so if you're tuned so. in, you are listening to 102.3 WHIVLP. This is Resistance Radio. My name is Mark Allendary. I have the amazing Miss Kim Ford uh, here with me, local organizer, activist, and yeah. all around just super duper badass <laughs> Wonder Woman. Right. You can find yeah. more of her at, uh, on WHIVLP. Uh, HIV on Fridays uh, from two to four with her amazing show uh, that she does uh, called the Tree Shakers. Tree Shakers. <laughs> now, one of the things that we were going to talk about was some of the local politics in terms of judges. Did you want to kind of give us a breakdown of what's happening? Yeah, I, I could talk a little bit about that because, in, in, in particular, it's a uh, criminal justice reform that needs to happen around here. We need to have some real. Uh, because in the state of Louisiana, well, let's just say that the United States of America is the the uh, cornerstone of new incarceration. Yeah, we have the highest we, rates of incarceration in the world, In right? the world, in the state of Louisiana. And in, in fact, the country. right here, OPP, I think, or OPP, I'm super old school. The, uh, the, ju- the Orwellian named Justice Center, I think, has the, the highest incarceration rates, uh, in the world, is, is what was explained to me. Well, I, well, I don't know. I tell you this, that of, in the United States, the state of Louisiana is number one in new incarcerations. The state as a whole. Someone in New Orleans, you know, the governor has a lot of family members, like he said on his commercial, that actually own the jails. Oy. So that's the whole thing that said just, <laughs> you know, hey, it is what it is. And he actually had commercials about that. I was like, really, though? You, yeah. You well, I think you, I think it was you uh, and Noonie Man uh, when you were on uh, the show on Saturday. Uh, I forget who the name of our, of our host was uh, that you were on when you were highlighting how, uh, you know, the governor had very targeted campaigns depending on who he was speaking to. No, he, that was a, one of the legislators. Uh, uh, is that what it was? It was one yeah, of the, one of the, the governor may have done it also because when they were talking with in communities where there was a high influx of Republicans, the background just turned red. And when right. they were in a high influx well, of Democrats, it turned blue. I, well, I know, you know, I know <laughs> that person we were getting, uh, we were getting mailers and everything, uh, it, the, it just showed the governor's family, and it showed people in the library, and it showed people out on the lake. Everybody was white, right? Yeah. But then when I looked at other fly- yes, flyers. Yes, like in uh, a black community. When, and then, 
completely, it's just totally based on zip code, you know? Yeah, totally based on zip code. And we call those things the woo-woo. That's what we get, the woo-woo. You know, it's like, well, you're going to target your message by who you are, instead of just being honest and and truthful about what what policies you're standing on. Yes, yes. Those are identity politics that people are playing. But okay, so back to the uh, these uh, judges. The judges. So... The United States of America is number one in new incarcerations, but the state of Louisiana in the United States is number one for new incarcerations. So that puts us in a whole, that puts us in the top category for new incarcerations. But here in the city of New Orleans, we have the jurisdiction here, right here in New Orleans, of being the most for wrongful incarceration. So wrong. So we're looking at uh, people who are placed in uh, in in the carceral system for crimes that crimes quote unquote crimes that they did not commit. That's right. That they're innocent. That that, that, they're, that, that is they're being wrongly shameful. convicted. That is shameful. 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 So then, when we have judges who are not even aware of that, when we have judges who operate on the bench like. They have no clue. How could that be? How could, how could not, that be? How could that be that they're not aware? I mean, that would be Guess like me what? me not being aware of the flu case rates that are happening. That's right. You that's know? Right. Like, that's, yeah, I and I hope- wanted to add that to the uh, to the conversation about the uh, the uh, virus. The coronavirus. Right? The right. coronavirus. Because guess what? If you live in here and you don't even have a flu shot, right, yeah. then why are you going to be concerned about <laughs> right. the coronavirus? Yeah. <laughs> you better go get a flu shot. That's right. I did give. Clu- I I was giving flu shots today. People did yeah. come in coming in for flu shots. Well, so that's I good. That. Everybody, everybody, hear that? Go get a flu shot. Yeah, dog. please, please. Flu shots kill more people than coronavirus. Coronavirus. That's that's what I wanted to say today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but uh, the the judges. So you are judge, and you're not even aware that we are wrongly convicting more people here here because we are ground zero. New Orleans is ground zero as far as I'm concerned. If that's the behavior that you're that you're using here, so I, I have issues with the fact that the, our judicial system, our criminal judicial system, is not even behaving like they're aware of that. And I don't like that at yeah, all. I, I got I have so many problems with that. And so is that because of prosecutorial kind of uh, misconduct? Yes, <laughs> that's exactly the word I, I was looking so. for. I think okay. so. I think so. And let me say too that on uh, tomorrow for ten o'clock we're going down to the appellate court because the district attorney also has a lot to do with that. The district attorney. We have a district attorney who who has said publicly that he wants to have a 100% conviction rate. And I'm like, dude, do you want to have a 100% conviction rate when we have the most wrongful convictions in the world right here? Yeah, and you want uh, to have a hundred percent? Are we talking about Canazaro? Canazaro is a terrible, yeah. Terrible you know, we 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 really need, but we need to check that as a community. You know what I'm saying? And now, you know, we got all this with the kids, and uh, we got time when we talk about what the kids are. That whole thing, you know, and everything is so political. Everything is political because when our children are in a predominantly F D D and F rated school system. We have 34 school, 34, 35 different school systems in the city of new Orleans. Right. We have the only citywide charter school system in the country. Right. 
And, and, and that, that it'll never happen anywhere else. No, and, it'll never happen anywhere else. And you know, we still, you know, everyone talks about oh, pre Katrina, the schools were terrible. The schools were terrible. That's la, true. La 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 la. Yes, yes, yes. And However, yes. but now post Katrina, in the setting of of a charter school, school system, system, I I do not see the improvements. And like you said, no. it just I just keep reading about F schools and and D schools that keep getting uh, closed down in mm-hmm. in one element or the other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's is is our our school systems are deplorable, and you know I I do advocacy around that because one thing about it is that I can't advocate for everything, even though I want to. I want to advocate for housing. I want to advocate for criminal justice reform. I want to advocate for um, political leadership reform. You know what I'm saying? So, I but I do have a lot of friends who are involved in community actions and I love that I, I just love the the grassroots movements that are happening right. and, I, and I mean golly look at that I'm on social justice radio right. human rights <laughs> and social justice radio that gives me hope don't you know how much I need this yeah, radio yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yes. Well, we're super happy to have you so so <laughs> and you. you're talking about the grassroots then help us understand we know that we had talked about there are several WHIV DJs that are running from several offices. And so help I, us understand, yeah, what is that, and, and help our listeners understand what these um, what these offices are that we're seeing a bunch of our friends and grassroots leaders are uh, are opting to run for. Okay, so Optic, I find out, is run by uh, every every district. We have five districts in. New Orleans, in Orleans A B C D and E. Right. Oh, right. The, does that does that represent the um, the districts of the uh, of the city council people? Yeah. Okay. The districts of the city council. That's also yeah. That's right. how that's how the the Democratic leadership is made up of that. We also have a Republican leadership that's made up of the same uh, structure. So we have a Republican leadership and we have a. Uh, um, a democratic, a democratic leadership. So only the two parties. So I and I, and I talk with uh, I talk with Alicia Plum about it because she is my foremost expert on on that portion of the political policy in our state. And um, so you get like I know in District E because we have it depends on how many people you have in your district, how many people that represent you on the um, your political, I guess like a political board. Right. And like they do things like they hold um, they hold forums, they have events so that the community can reach out to their uh, elected party leadership. Right. And then we also have. Uh, and then from that, there's one man and one woman that represents us in a statewide party right. relationship. And right. so Alicia was that person last year for our state. So I said, well, I asked, so I asked her today because I got questions too. You know, I want to be able to come on the show and say, well, sure. So like, what if somebody is transgendered? Right. What if somebody is. Uh, doesn't you know transgender? What is non-conform? You know, if, what if someone is non-conforming? They don't want to identify with any sexuality, right? W- w- where do they go if they're a Democrat? Right, right. And guess what? What time? There is no place for them to go. Jeez, I'm like in 2020 in in Orleans Parish. 
in Orleans Parish, which I didn't, I thought that was across the state. Right. Because it's the state that really has, uh, one, one, you know, each parish has one male and one female. Yeah, so, so no gender nonconforming. Uh, no gender yeah. nonconforming in 2020. Wow. 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 You know, and so we, we gotta be about that. I, I, I just like I was telling you today, I had to tell a, a, a preacher today. Right. I don't care who somebody's sleeping with. Right. Don't judge, don't judge me. I don't want anybody to judge me and think, Harshly of me because I'm heterosexual. Right. You know what I'm saying? Don't right. say I'm bad just because I'm heterosexual. Right? Jeez, don't right. do it. Yeah, and I yeah, yeah. and I promise you the same in return. Right? I'm not going to judge you by who you sleeping with either. Right? You know, so I want to see our because our world at large is coming to that point. But here in Louisiana, we got to be more about that too. We got to be more about being inclusive and people thinking, people thinking in a certain way. And I I'm about protecting the good of the whole yeah you know i'm about protecting the good of the whole not just my own personal uh insight you know what do you think yeah well let me just do a quick station id if you're tuned in you are listening to 102.3 whiv this is resistance radio uh, and we are community radio dedicated to human rights and social justice, whivfm.org. We honor independent voices. We are not a radio station with a mission. We are a mission with a radio station, and that's Ending All Wars. Uh, with me today is the great uh, Kim Ford. <laughs> you can hear more of Kim Ford's amazing uh, uh, life's philosophies and, and, and truth. Social justice and, reform, right? right? Social justice reform. <laughs> Uh, and truth and justice thoughts, uh, on, uh, on, uh, uh, Fridays, uh, from two to four. So as mm-hmm. we are starting to kind of, kind of turn the corner here and we got down to the last 15 minutes, um, I know, um, that there was a great, uh, a great book, uh, that I read. I haven't seen the movie yet, but you had this amazing outing, uh, last week to go see the movie, um, Love and Mercy. Um, and Just uh, Mercy. Just Mercy. I'm sorry. I was uh-huh. thinking of two, two different movies. Yeah, Just Mercy. Um, and, uh, and maybe you can tell us a bit about, uh, the book. Uh, and, uh, it's, I, I, I just realized it's Byron, it's Byron Stevens, right? It's uh uh no the guy who who was the attorney yeah and it was, I forgot his name gosh yeah, I forgot his name yeah I'll look it up real yeah E J I Equal Justice Initiative is right. the name of the the uh, organization his, ama- his amazing organization and yes. did you go see the monuments in uh in uh, Birmingham no but oh. I've seen some of them on Facebook though they're amazing they're amazing they're we're, amazing we're trying to get it down here um uh we're trying to get the New Orleans monument down here. Which oh is, really? Yeah, because well, maybe we could do some work on that together. That's actually a very good point. I got some friends. <laughs> I got some friends. All right, so tell us about tell us about it. Well, what happened is that on uh, last Friday, on last Friday we uh-huh. had um, we did a showing at the Broad Theater, right? Of the movie Just Mercy it was a private screening where myself and some of the other criminal justice advocates in the community, the um, the court watch Dola, the independent police monitor, and the Innocence Project, 
of right. New Orleans. We all got together and had a show where we invited some of our closest friends and members and supporters to come and watch the movie with us so we could watch the movie together. And we also invited a young man by the name of Jerome Morgan, who was uh, sentenced to life in prison at Angola at hard labor for the rest of his natural life without the possibility of probation and parole by the judge at the time who was Leon Cannizzaro. And he, uh, it was Leon Cannizzaro was the judge. Leon Cannizzaro was a judge. And what happened is that Jerome, uh, went to a party that somebody, and, and can um, I just say real quickly, Miss Kim, I just want to just uh, make sure we don't bury the lead that, that he was falsely, this was a false, a false uh, accusation. This is a false he, accusation and, where, where the people who testified against him were coerced. Right, which People is something were coerced that to testify against him. Of course, and this is what Just Mercy is certainly uh, And Just Mercy was about that. About so that. it gave us a chance to talk with someone who had also been So tell us accused. his story. So he was at a party. When, he was at a party. When did, when did this happen? This happened when he was 16 years old. He went to Sweet 16 party. Right. But he had been in foster care since he was three. Both of his parents were cur- at the time currently serving sentences in jail. So he was the easy pickings to be just charged with this murder and there was a murder of uh probably somebody he didn't even know he had no relationship to this person at all somebody was were they murdered at the party or was it yeah they were murdered at the party he just happened to be at the party got it so i met i found out about him through uh, justice and beyond which i was a regular member at that time right uh consensus of the whole is how we operated and uh we met the um in- Innocence Project came over and talked to our group. So we ended up there and they asked us to please come and support them in court and come with them to court. And I was able to go into the courtroom and watch how I, I was just appalled at what I saw that all of the people who were incarcerated in orange, orange jumpsuits were black. In a very few, I only saw one white person coming there, a white man, and he came in from the street and he was able to write a letter. And they let him walk, they let him walk out the door. He walked in and he had attempted to, he pulled the gun out on a police officer and he walked away. So I really got a bad feeling about that. And that's yeah. how I became, the, that's how I became involved in criminal sure. justice advocacy. Sure. Cause you so, know, if that would have been a black man who had pointed at, at a policeman, he would have been dead. Yeah, yeah, I we, felt that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we'd be talking about the former, uh, Mr. So-and-so. Yeah. 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 yeah and know. so I saw the judge just, Give him all kind of kudos for writing a letter. And I was like, dude, really? But yeah, that was a real thing. And then I became a court watcher from that. And then that's when I started becoming aware of the inadequacies sure. in, in criminal court here in New Orleans. Then I found out about the things that the Leon Canadero, the district attorney, had done. And that it should have been, we should have legislation in place so that when someone who is a judge over a case should not participate in the um if that case should come back in and they're in another role they shouldn't be in a decision making capacity. He, was he able to he retried that case in a new in a new capacity? Oh hell yeah. Oops, I'm sorry. Yes, absolutely. He 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 didn't want to accept the innocence projects uh documentation that like the there motion, was a false commi- conviction, right. right? Right. That he wouldn't Hold accept on, so any of that. They had DNA proof or how did they how were they able to overturn the conviction? Well, the guys who testified and who had lied about it, they felt really 
they felt really bad about it. But then, uh, when they, when they decided that they were going to tell the truth about being coerced, then Mr. Canizaro, they're currently serving time because, uh, Canizaro, uh, charged them for it. For perjury? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh my God. And let me tell you this also oh before we go tomorrow, <laughs> February the 5th, uh, Mr. Canizaro also jailed victims when they didn't testify the way that he wanted them to testify. So he put them in jail and those victims got together and sued him. So a judge found that they were right and ruled against Mr. Canizaro. So now he's going to appeals court using taxpayers' dollars to pay his legal fees. So we're going to all show up on tomorrow. And I, I, I really want to get it out there that that's not okay. Good. Yes. That that's not okay. You cannot, if you, if you are an elected official and you, you've been found to not have, uh, operated in the position of your job, you don't get to use our taxpaying dollars to go defend yourself um, in appeals. Unless court. you're white and privileged. Unless, unless, yeah. <laughs> unless you're white and yeah, privileged. Yeah. So tell us about the movie Just Mercy. The movie Just Mercy. But the thing about it for me is that I, I have been watching people go to jail since I was seven years old when I grew up in the St. Bernard Project. I often saw people who were loved and respected in the community get ghosts. Because they were wrongfully convicted. I'm, I'm, I'm just quite aware of that. And I have a really unique sense, but I don't think that everybody has that, but I, but I certainly do. I, I'm certainly aware of how bad it is in, how bad it is at Tulane and Broad. That's why I can go down there with my speaker and microphone and say, so I have over 3,000 people signed up to help me to participate in the upcoming DA campaign. Right. Yes. And we'll, we'll definitely be talking about that (laughs) as that heats up. One of the candidates has already been on, on WHIV talking about his, uh, Upcoming candidacy to, uh, uh, that would be the, uh, president of the, uh, of the, um, uh, Chase Williams, the president of the, the or uh, I, I guess city he's council. not, yeah, I guess he's not president anymore, I guess. No, uh, he's vice. He's vice president of city council. Yeah, he's one of two council at large right, members right, right, and yes. still a very powerful man. Yes, yes. In this community. Yes. Yeah. So the movie. The movie. Oh, you know, it was heartbreaking, tear jerking yeah. to see that this man went to jail and he had, uh, he didn't even have a trial. And to see how many times his family had to scrape up money in order to pay for his appeals and appeals go. That's why I was just so incensed and had to bring that up about the fact that tomorrow we're going before appellate court where Ken Zara was going to try to get an appeal for him falsely imprisoning people who didn't testify the way he wanted them to testify because that's exactly what happened in this trial. So I, you know, I don't want to give too much away about the movie, but I think that is important for people to go and see that movie. I'm also working to have a private screening for senior citizens to be able to, um, I'm, to have senior citizens to be able to get a ticket to go and see the movie as well, you know, do some fundraising for them to be able to come partnering with some other folks in the community. That's amazing, yeah. Because uh, we all need to be able to see that. And it's great for me that 
this movie was made to bring awareness to the injustices and especially here in, in, in Louisiana. In, in the criminal system. In the criminal system because right. ours is so bad here. It's but so bad. It happens all over the country, all over the United States. And essentially what the movie was covering was a particular case about, uh, about a man um, who had some cognitive, uh, I don't know what they did in the movie, but certainly the book looked a bit about a, a bit of a cognitive um, uh, deficits, was accused of killing a, a white woman. I don't, again, I don't yeah. know. That was, yeah. and uh, it was clearly yeah. not the case. The fix was in, yeah. in every, and he was able to break down. It's, uh, the author of the book was uh, Mr. Brian, Brian, Brian Stevenson. Stevenson. Right. Um, with broke, Equal Justice With initiative. Equal Justice Initiative, who's done some amazing, amazing. Ama- this is a man who I think without question uh, will go on to continue to do, will have oh, a yeah. brilliant career. Yes. Uh, and he's the sort of person that deserves a Nobel Peace Prize. I he mean, does. He's, he's somebody he does. along those lines. Yeah. Um, in which he was able to very clearly show, and, and even him as a young attorney, uh, breaking down how the, a tremendous injustice exists uh, within the uh, criminal system, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the so-called criminal justice system, or the what I like to refer to as what many people refer to as a criminal injustice system. Yeah. Especially when you're looking at communities of color, uh, especially when you're looking at community of color and, and, and the and, and the injustices that have been inflicted upon uh, innocent individuals. Uh, that's really comes down to, you know, a legacy uh, of Jim Crow. Uh, and, 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 and what it comes down to is it's just plain frank racism. Yeah. Uh, and it was a commitment to keeping two classes of people. Uh, you had, uh, you know, the, the uh, you know, I, sh- I show this, you know, la- last week I gave a lecture uh, to uh, a very large pharmaceutical company in California looking at HIV in the South. And one of the slides that I show is a very common slide, which is the advocate slide uh, for J.P. Morrell's uh, Amendment 2, in which it very, very clearly showed that in the Constitution, the Constitutional uh, Convention that happened in 1889 uh, in the state of Louisiana, it very clearly says that our intention is to keep the majority of the white race as is uh, in, in the majority as is as can be legally done and that's what gave rise to the um Jim Crow? No, not Jim Crow, but that's what gave rise to the uh non unanimous jury. Oh system. yeah, that whole thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. But of course yeah. I, I use that as a, when people say, Well, why is HIV so prevalent in the South? Why is there so much more poverty in the South? Whatever. I'm like, hey, y'all, it all comes back to Jim Crow. Period end of discussion. Yeah, and that's it. it. That was that was these were this was intentional uh, actions that were done that were intentionally meant to keep uh uh communities of color. Uh, certainly that that what we're talking about here. Here we, yes, yeah. black, black people impoverished yeah. and out of power because right. in the state of Louisiana, the uh, which was one of the largest uh, uh, states that had the most black people in it because of course our port right. and we were a slave port. right yeah. and we were a slave market. Uh, we had some of the lo- we had some of the we had the, some of the biggest population of black people and the pol- they were taking advantage of the political power that all of a sudden opened up in front of them uh, and uh, and of course uh, at the the people at the time were like whoa 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 no we can't. That we can't be having this, mm-hmm. and of course, laws then were made um, that basically codified segregation into law, which is the ultimate definition of of Jim Crow. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I also want to just as we are kind of starting to ramp up here, is something that I've been talking a lot about is is poverty, and and reminding people that poverty is just basically discrimination codified into law, and that if we wanted to, we could turn around poverty 
like that. that. We yeah. just choose not to as a society. Yes. Yes. And that to me is something that just is so uh, difficult for me to, uh, to to comprehend. So as we wrap up here, Miss Kim, any final words? We're down I, to I, the I last do, I like to say one thing before I go, and that is that the difference between then and now is that now the racism is really classism. And it may be my blackness and melanin in my skin that's being harmed today, but certainly tomorrow is going to be your whiteness your anything because you're going to be next. That's right. And either you're going to be in the, in those, you're going to be in the powerful or in the not powerful. That's right. And it, and it might be racism today, but it's going to be that racism is going to get wider and wider and wider. And it's going to catch up with you eventually. The miss, so we uh, all need to be aware. The great Miss Kim Ford. You can find Thank more you. of this amazing uh, woman, <laughs> this incredibly Thank strong you. and powerful voice on Fridays from 2 to 4 here on WHIV. My name is Mark Allendary. This has been Resistance Radio. Kim, thank you so much. Thank Coming you. up next is the great Mark Parody uh, with Mega Music Mondays. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We are community radio dedicated 